there was always like that house that you went to for a slumber party and it was like, you could do whatever you wanted. Like you could eat whatever you wanted. You could stay up however late you wanted. You could watch whatever you wanted on TV. And like, you were like, who, like, where are their parents here? It was the eighties, Katie. Nobody cared. Hello and welcome to the Untitled Gen X podcast podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture know-nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not over how my so-called life left us hanging. You guys, we're coming to you from our very own slumber party to discuss slumber parties. We're coming to you from an Airbnb in Palm Springs in our mismatched jammies to recount the best and worst slumber party experiences of our young lives. I have to say, though, I am not in mismatched jammies. (laughs) My jammies match because I bought them special for this trip. Okay, they do match. (laughs) Mine don't. Although we are both wearing pride jammies and we did not plan it. We didn't. Nope. But it is Pride Month. So happy Pride, y'all. Happy Pride. We're here in our rainbows and we are looking fierce and fine. I look mismatched, but that's okay. You look super adorable. (laughs) Anyway, before we get into the truth or dare of it all, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Your reviews matter and help cool kids like you join the pod party. Speaking of party, welcome to our slumber party. You know what, you guys, I don't know if you caught it. Maybe I'll add it to our Instagram like highlights, but I'm trying really hard to be a proper historian for this little pod getaway. I think Kate's kind of annoyed with me about it because I'm like, hold on, hold on. I got to capture it for the gram. But sometimes you got to capture it for the gram. Yeah, I feel like this is where my my Gen X-ness really shines through, where I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Kate, Uh, back in high school when we were thespians, uh, I was the historian. You were. Was I, was I vice president? Was I president? Oh, probably. I don't know. It just seems like you would hold an executive office. I was president or vice president or possibly one year one and the other year another Mm, one. I don't know. I don't remember. I I did get the honor of best thespian. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never got that, but I was the historian and I took that job really seriously. So, you know, clearly you still do (laughs) kind of tracks. (laughs) Whereas I am the president of the podcast. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Self-appointed. That might make me the dictator of the podcast. Well, but. <laughs> you are clearly the George Michael of the podcast. The public oh, has spoken. Right. Thank you. Thank you, adoring fans. Thank <laughs> oh my you. God. <laughs> you know, I was going to tell you, it doesn't really feel good to be the Andrew Ridgely of this podcast, but I don't actually think that's true. I feel like, you know, I have some mad respect for Andrew Ridgely these days. So I kind of feel like kindred spirits with him. There would be no wham. If there were no Andrew Ridgely. This so. is true. And actually on the drive to Palm Springs in my new Subaru Outback, 
This is not a sponsored post, but it could be. <laughs> it could be, uh, which has a Untitled Gen X podcast sticker on it. We were listening to some Wham over Boy George's Navigation on Ways. It, it was very 80s. Yeah, I mean, you know, the music matters. So, but we're not here to talk about music today. We are here to talk about slumber parties because we're having one. Although right now <laughs> we are actually in separate rooms of the house because we can't figure out how to cut out the echo when we're seated when we together. are in the same room together because we want separate tracks. We don't want to share a microphone. No, we don't. But like the whole point of the slumber party between us, Katie, was to like be able to see each other's faces. We don't live in the right. same state. You know, like you live in the Pacific Northwest. I live in Southern California. And I was like, oh, it's so great to be across the table from you to be able to do this and see your face. But no, we're back to Zoom looking at each other on a screen. Yeah, no, we're like really in reality, like 50 feet apart, but there's like walls and doors between us. Yeah. And I'm in a room with some bunk beds and I'm sitting on the floor. And she's on the floor. I'm not really very comfortable. (laughs) Because... Uh, I was like, I flew on a plane today, so I'm not sitting on the floor. (laughs) This is true. And you know, like, Hey, that's how it goes with slumber parties. I can't tell you how many times I've had to sleep on a very uncomfortable floor in an uncomfortable situation. at a. And you get like the bad spot that like everybody else has like carved out like great spots. And you're like, Oh, I'm over by like the brick fireplace, like half like shoved up against it. I hope I don't roll over and knock myself (laughs) out in my sleep. (laughs) Or like stub my toes, something awful. I said at a stranger's house earlier. Yeah, no, I never did a slumber party at a stranger's house. Wait, have I I ever done a slumber party at a stranger? Like not a stranger's house, but you know, like somebody you didn't like a friend of a friend. Well, maybe I don't think so though. But you know, slumber parties are weird, right? Because it's like, sure, you know the girl, the hostess of the slumber party, but you don't know all of her friends. So like if she has friends from sports or friends from church or friends from the neighborhood that you don't know, they don't go to your school or whatever, or even a family member, like it's weird to be in this very intimate setting with people you don't know. Right. And it's also weird, even if you're the host, because right, like when we were little, you didn't go to my school. I didn't. And then I often would have like the people on my softball team, we would do slumber parties. And like, so it's it's weird to have your worlds intermingle like that. You're like, these are my softball people. These are my neighborhood people. These are my school people. And now they're all together in one room and it's weird. Well, as a child of divorce, (laughs) I feel like that's a really... That's not an unfamiliar feeling. I'm not going to say it's ever comfortable, but like, okay, this is this family. This is this family. Now we have to like mingle together because somebody's getting married or, you know, I'm graduating and now we all are all here. And yeah. 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 So I guess slumber parties prepare us for this. (laughs) Be a child of divorce. Yeah. To live in an unfamiliar and new space. (laughs) And maybe sometimes be uncomfortable there because you can't, you don't have a good room. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping on the floor. Yeah. So do you remember how old you were when you attended your first slumber party? You know, I, I don't, I feel like it must have been, it was probably with like us neighborhood girls, don't you think? Oh, I do. I mean, I, I think from a young age, we were always kind of sleeping at each other's houses, but right. in terms of like an actual like, like a big one, you mean? Yeah, like, like with more like than just the neighborhood one. girls. Yeah, with like proper snack, like like a designated thing with invitations. 
you know, for yeah. an occasion. I definitely have a picture of a slumber party that I had. And I'm trying to think of how old I was in that picture. Maybe I was seven and it was a proper slumber party. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if the first slumber party I like went to was my own, because I just feel like my mom was not super trusting of other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so I get it. I, I remember being at a slumber party. I don't know how old I was. I feel like maybe I was about eight years old or something. And I had to get up in the middle of the night to pee as one does. And it's so scary to be in an unfamiliar space, trying to find your way around. And you're trying not to step on bodies that are sleeping like (laughs) around you. Oh my God. Did you ever like run into the dad in the middle of the night? I mean, it probably wasn't the middle of the night, right? Like it was like, it was probably like, you know, a decent time, but like, I can remember like getting up to go to the bathroom and like, and like nothing like weird happened. It's just like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's this like adult man that like, I don't know. And I'm in my PJs. It's <laughs> so awkward. It's, it was yeah, probably they're... just as awkward for him, you know, to be like, oh, hi, stranger child. <laughs> like, strange the so I came across in doing research for this. Yes, I did research for it. I came across this article by Alina Mansfield of the University of Oregon. It was an academic paper and it's called Slumber Parties as Rites of Passage. This is what she said. Through slumber parties, girls collectively initiate and stage their own ritual transformation by confronting the supernatural in ways characteristic of the liminal stage of a rite of passage. Through these playful but serious rites, girls gaze into a mirror of self and culture and begin to divine their own futures. What are your thoughts about slumber parties as a rite of passage? Yeah, I think they're totally a rite of passage. And I think... There, um, yeah, I agree with like everything she said in that statement. Like, I think it really is a time I feel like, especially like the later middle school lumber parties, like oh, yeah. seventh and eighth grade, because I feel like that's when you're like really starting to cross that threshold from child to adolescent and in that Margaret phase. <laughs> Right. And you're starting to be interested in things that like, you don't necessarily want to talk to your family about. Mm -hmm. And so now you have these friends, but you're like, everybody kind of has different levels of knowledge and you're all kind of trying to figure it out together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I think a lot of the games that are played and the, you know, sneaking out that happens, like it's, it is, it's this sort of weird time where you're like establishing like yourself as separate from your parents. I would agree with that. In fact, because I went to a private school, I just didn't have access to a lot of information about like sex and even like certain pop culture wasn't really on my radar as a young person. At a slumber party, that was the first time I was introduced to MTV. And Mm -hmm. I saw my first music video, which was Van Halen's Hot for Teacher. And I remember like, what? Like it just blew my mind. And I I remember I also saw Madonna's Material Girl. And we did our first episode on that. And I saw Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. And it's so interesting to not really have that stuff around you and then see it and see it on something as cool as MTV. These people had cable in addition to all the good snacks. 
but it was right. like, oh, wow. So that was just like kind of part of it, part of the pop culture end of it. And then also getting to see movies that I wasn't allowed to see. Like we saw Poltergeist. <laughs> the irony, right? Of going to Whose parents let their kids whatever. have a Well, it was a slumber party, you know? So we saw Poltergeist and that, of course, scared the living crap out of me. But it was like, that's not something that we watched at my house. And of course, now today, maybe parents are sort of like, you know, is your child sensitive? Can they watch this movie? How do you feel about right. it? Like, I, I feel like we're, we treat these things a little more gingerly now, you know, as right. parents, um, but th they really didn't in the eighties. And so it was like, nobody asked if anyone had a nut allergy, like nobody asked if there was something like a gun in the house. Nobody asked like, what will they be viewing? It was right. just like, okay, go to their house. You know, they seem like nice people go have fun. And that's how that was. And I'll tell you, like, I learned so much about pop culture you know, making out with boys about bras and periods and stuff like that from slumber parties. Right. Cause yeah, you talk about those things and I mean, some of these girls had older sisters and it was like, right. what do you know? Tell me all the secrets. I don't have an older sister. I don't know this stuff. What do you know? Slumber parties are weird. And like, and then there's always you know, there's always the person who falls asleep first. Right? Okay, that was often <laughs> me, which I mean, we could talk, we can go back to this, but like, because I was often the person that fell asleep first, I can't tell you how many times my bra was frozen. Did that ever happen to you? That no. was like the funny joke that you played on someone, which always really pissed me off. I remember people like talking about that, but we never, I don't think we ever actually did it. That happened to me like three times. I, did I have a target on my head? <laughs> I was just tired. I was actually often one of the last people to fall asleep. Like mm -hmm. I was often like the one laying there awake, like, well, maybe, and maybe that's <laughs> why like, <laughs> I would like run into the dads. Cause I'd be like, I'm awake or like, maybe I didn't run into them, but like, they'd get up and like go into the kitchen for something. And I'd be like, Oh, there's a grown up and I'm still awake. Oh no. Um, pretend to sleep, pretend to sleep. Right. And then, and then I have this funny, as you know, because you've known me for a very long time, I have this funny thing that I do when I sleep and I have done it my entire life <laughs> and it's that I moan. No. Okay. So we're not sharing a bedroom at this Airbnb. Thankfully, thankfully I am because... a, I'm, I might fall asleep first, but I am a light sleeper. And I know that I moan because when I was young and I would go to slumber parties, when I was like in middle school, people would be like, what were you dreaming about last <laughs> night? And I was like, nothing. Why? And I have since then, like, if I'm really tired, you know how you're really tired and you like sort of drift off to sleep, but you're like kind of asleep and kind of awake. Yeah. And I have like woken myself from that state hearing oh. myself moan. Good times. <laughs> the best times. <laughs> Okay, so generally slumber parties follow a formula. And one aspect of this is the supernatural. It's like a really big part of slumber party folklore. And there's just something about getting together with a group of girls and like trying to conjure some sort of spirit or yeah, yeah some sort of spirit and some sort of guide. So whether you do that with like a Ouija board or you're playing light as a feather, stiff as a board, Bloody Mary, all kinds of things like that. Did you own a Ouija board? I, yeah. You know what? Actually, I did own one for sure. Did your parents have feelings about it? No. 
I think they were like, it is a game from like Mattel or whoever. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting because for as like woo woo as I am, I kind of thought Ouija boards were bullshit. I was like, even as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had one too. And I remember many times being at slumber parties and you'd ask the Ouija a question and, you know, everyone would swear while this thing is moving. Like, I'm not moving yet. I'm not moving. Everyone's saying, I'm not moving. Right, oh my God. Right. Oh my God. Spelling out messages. Right. And I think I just never trusted, like I wasn't moving it, but like, I never trusted that the other people weren't actually moving it. Yeah. I just assumed they were. A lot of families have very strong feelings about Ouija boards. I knew people that were not right. allowed to have them. And even like on one of my morning walks, this was a couple of years ago, I found one like on the sidewalk. I'm like, what happened that this landed here? <laughs> like, was this a right. like a group of girls in the middle of the night sneaking out? Because that's another thing that we used to kind of do. We totally did that. Well, to like run amok in the neighborhood. Like, did these girls sneak out with a Ouija board? And they're like, we're going to play it outside on the street. Because that's something I would And then they done. got scared and ran away. Maybe. I was always like, man, if I have kids and they have a slumber party, I'm going to have an alarm system that they don't know like the password to. Mm-hmm. So that if they open the door, I'm going to know. Cause I mean, it's, we would You're go out. You're responsible for other people's kids in your house. Right. Like it was the eighties, would... Katie, nobody cared. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah, go. Their original free range parenting. So I have a, a funny story from a slumber party about that from middle school. I mean, it wasn't really like a party. It was like my friend spent the night okay. and she had a crush on a boy who lived down the street from us. And so in the middle of the night, we decided we were going to sneak out and we were going to write, I don't know, like her initials or maybe like her first name, like loves and then like his yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Something like that, you know, uh, super middle schooly. And I think we were going to use whipped cream, but for some reason we decided we came across like an extra bottle in the cupboard of my dad's shaving cream. Okay. And we decided that that would stick better, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause it's thicker. So we used that. <laughs> well, it has a lot of oil in it. It's and we did it on, we did it on asphalt in front of his house and it stayed for a really long time. I mean, it's vandalism. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. And I think, I feel like the adults were like, did you guys do that? And we were like, no, I mean, come on. It's funny because this reminds me of an article I came across in the Huffington post called the dark side of teen sleepovers, where it says, terrible ideas become brighter to bored children in the middle of the night. I have more than a few stories of children who decided to do something relatively dumb in the middle of the night that they probably wouldn't have considered with the same enthusiasm in broad daylight. Groupthink coupled with exhaustion-induced delusion and maybe sugar-laden giddiness causes some to make really impulsive and potentially dangerous decisions. I would agree with that. Like, I'm not a naysayer to the sleepover. I think it's actually a really important rite of passage for young people, particularly young women. But yeah, that whole like middle of the night, we're all together. This is a great idea. Yeah. In broad daylight, not so much. Right. And like, I mean, I think about like, I'm a full grown woman and I don't like to go outside my house. (laughs) But you did when you were 11. Right. 
Yeah. When you were 11, it was an awesome idea. Right. And now I'm like, no, there might be somebody out there waiting to hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever make like really gross things to drink at slumber parties? Like not alcoholic. You'd like make concoctions and like dare the other person to drink them. Yeah. And I think that was sort of like, you know, part of a truth or dare situation and also putting together gross combinations of food to eat. Yeah. As a dare for sure. Right. That's strange the things that you do. I, I know. So do you have any, just back to the supernatural real quick. Do you have any like stories related to that? Anything particularly scary or interesting that ever happened? No, I don't think we ever had any kind of anything, which is weird because I feel like in my adult life, I've had some like, ooh, (laughs) things happen, but but no, never at a slumber party. Like I think, I think I was, I was not really tapped into my, to my woo at that point. (laughs) I mean, this is (laughs) kind of embarrassed to tell it, but I remember going to a slumber party and like, you know, I I went to a Christian school. And so we would like, (laughs) I feel terrible saying this, like whip out revelations and pull out like the scariest parts and like talk about it. We did. We used to do that sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Christian girls, you knew how to party. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Timestamp merch. Yeah. So, but no, I never had any like real experiences. I I don't know that we ever tried like a genuine seance necessarily. I mean, there were always girls that were like, they would swear by their experiences with like a Bloody Mary situation or a- Or there was always somebody who was like, I was at a party and we did light as a feather, (laughs) stiff as a board, and we were able to like raise her up above our heads. There was always that girl, right? Like she swore and you were like, really? Like (laughs) if you, in all honesty, were successful with light as a feather, stiff as a board, I want pictures and I want you to send them to our inbox. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't happen. Like people had Polaroids back then. It could have (laughs) happened. Or your little like uh, disposable camera. Oh yeah, for sure. You could have caught a picture. Mm -hmm. That's true. You'd have to send it off to be developed. (laughs) Well, okay. You touched on pranks. So I have had my bra frozen more than a few times because I was the person that fell asleep. I would also wake up to people putting my hand in warm water to see if I'd pee. Maybe I was the person at the slumber party that people didn't like. I don't know why this kept happening to me. No, I think it's because you fell asleep first. Well, you know, sometimes a girl's tired. But like TPing houses, we did that up through high school. We did it all the time. We TPed one of our teacher's houses and he was not happy. Was I there for that? Were you? I don't don't think so. We had to go back and clean it up. He was very upset. I was one of his favorite students and he was (laughs) not anymore. (laughs) Not after that. When I think about what we used to do to people's houses, it horrifies me now. I can't imagine that family waking up in the morning and being like, are you serious? It wasn't even like, we don't like that girl. We don't like that boy. We're going to do this really mean thing to their house. It was we like that boy. Right. That's our friend. And we're going to, yeah. Like, what do you do to people you don't like if you're doing that to people you do? Right. And then if it was like, do we, then it was so hard to get it to come off because it was all I feel like clumpy. it's the shittiest thing to do. If I, you know, I have two sons. If a bunch of girls came to the house in the middle of the night to do that and we woke up to that, 
I would be livid. Like I have no sense of humor about this. And I was even a person that used to do it so regularly. I I could drive and I would take my friend, like in my car, yeah. like I was old enough to possess a driver's license and I was doing this. Does this not happen? Like I feel like I never see houses. I see it. Paid. And actually on the Facebook group for my city, yeah, those are always fun. Well, now right? everyone has those nest cameras. So like <laughs> that's true too. Yeah. Like people do a lot of egging and oh, it's just see, it's that, no. so gross and it's yeah. such a nightmare and it's bad for your car. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. Egg it. Like, I mean, toilet paper is annoying. Well, in a, especially in a post pandemic world, like I think we need to treat toilet paper with a lot more respect. You never know when you're going to need it. Don't be all willy nilly with it. The supply chain could get screwed up at any moment. Lord, stop the TP. It's strange, but it was, we did it all the time. It's true. So part of the pranks too are the prank calls. Oh my gosh. Like, can that even happen anymore? Well, you know, with the advent of caller ID, things kind of changed. So, but I mean, that was a big part of slumber parties. It was calling businesses. (laughs) Or calling boys. Well, yeah, it was, it was always boys, right? No, sometimes we would like call random numbers and, you know, do stupid stuff. Okay. So identity is also an important component to the sleepover. So I'm talking stuff like playing the game of mash. There's a lot of mash during Mm -hmm. sleepovers, doing makeovers, playing truth or dare. And I don't know if you remember, we had a girlfriend who used to have, she called it the hat. Do you remember? Oh, the hat game. Yeah, for the sure. The hat game. It was this hat just filled with random questions. Right. Like we'd like write questions and like toss them in the hat. Yeah. And it was actually really fun. Like sort of like a fun little icebreaker type situation. I still remember because people, somebody's handwriting was <laughs> like, and this is like how young and innocent we are. One of the questions was, it was, the question was actually, do you shave your legs? Because oh, I of that. how the handwriting was, it always looked like, do you do share, you share your, your legs? legs? I remember that actually. <laughs> so I remember doing like little makeovers and you would trade clothes and someone knew how to, you know, I don't know, French braid and this person would paint your toenails. And, and it was just this like really fun time to sort of experiment with looks and styles and things that you didn't otherwise right. normally do. And so it's sort of how like you- scr- Crunchies and caboodles, man. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 So it was sort of like, you know, trying on different versions of yourself at a time when you're kind of really trying to figure out who you are. So it was kind of a fun thing to do in a mixed group of girls, especially, I think, even when there were girls that you didn't know very well because they had different style and they had different, you know, they went to maybe different schools and I don't know. It was just kind of like a cool experimental phase, you know, to be like, Hey, look at me, or this is what I want for my future, you know, with mash, like what's, what's the biggest thing you can dream? You know, what do you want to drive? Where do you want to live? Who do you want to marry? It's an interesting marker of like how, I mean, we were products of like a very materialistic decade, but like Everybody like wanted a mansion and a Ferrari. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like, right. It was like anything that Barbie possessed in the eighties, right. you wanted. <laughs> a Corvette. And- or like, you know, that VW bug from Can't Buy Me Love, like the Cabriolet. Oh, the Cabriolet. Oh, yeah. not, the, not the VW bug, the Cabriolet, the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody wanted it. I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a lot of freedom that went into sleepovers. I mean, I had a 
pretty strict upbringing and I was an only child. So, you know, and I, I was a rule follower. So my parents didn't yes, really, yeah, it was like my parents set a rule and I was like, okay, oh, cool. Right. Fine. I, I didn't really push against it, but like at other people's houses, they had different rules or they didn't have rules. Or they didn't have rules, right? There was, it was like that house they went to for a slumber party and it was like, you could do whatever you wanted. Like you could eat whatever you wanted. You could stay up however late you wanted. You could watch whatever you wanted on TV. And like, you were like, who, like, where are there parents here? And, and I mean, there had to have been parents there. Oh yeah. I have to ask you because from my point of view, I found that level of freedom. It was complicated for me because part of me found that really exhilarating. Like, wow. Right. And the other part of me was a little bit frightened by it. I remember just being in spaces where things were so different than they were at home for me and feeling like mm, kind of anxious about it, not unsafe necessarily, but like this doesn't feel right. This feels against my better judgment. I don't really want to be watching this, but yeah, I'm curious. So I'm watching it anyway, or I don't want to be sneaking out of the house, but everybody's doing it. So I'm going to go along with it because I don't want to be the girl who doesn't. Did you ever feel that? Um, no, <laughs> no, you were just like here for it. Yeah. I think I was like up for the adventure, which yeah. is kind of how I've lived my life. I'm trying to think if I ever did something that I feel like I shouldn't have. I mean, it's nothing bad. Like I wasn't like breaking the law or stealing, but like just a way of being or doing that. I know that my parents just wouldn't have allowed me to do, you know, and it was like the parents were like, whatever, it, it's fine. They didn't care or they didn't know. I don't know. I genuinely feel like in the eighties, the parents like went to sleep. If I had a slumber party oh, right yeah. now, if we hosted one, yeah. I would be awake the whole damn night because right. I just would not even dare to fall asleep with other people's kids in my house. I know it is weird. I think they totally fell asleep and we did to whatever sleep. we wanted. <laughs> and it's weird to think about. Like we were kind of like feral adolescents. Well, okay. So Paula Foss, a professor of history at the University of California, Berkeley, she said by the 1980s, you had to sleep over. Otherwise your parents were oppressing you. <laughs> it was already by the 1980s, not a privilege, but a right. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I think about it and like there were kids who weren't really allowed to do that. Yes. I know that to be true. There's an article by a website called How Does She called No Sleepovers, Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Parents by Nicolette. <laughs> so the article goes on to describe these like terrible incidents of molestation and child pornography that have happened oh. in, yeah, like at other people's houses during sleepovers. So, I mean, that that's the tone of the article, but it says, these are obviously extreme examples of what can happen at sleepovers, but there are other things like cyberbullying, inappropriate movies, video games, jokes, or behavior that you normally wouldn't allow in your house. When kids are away from their parents, they are more likely to experiment with drugs, alcohol, sex, and plain old mischief. Okay, I guess. Her point is that like we do not allow sleepovers under any circumstances. We'll do a very late pickup but we don't allow our kids to sleep over. I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of people in the comments that were like, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I will pick up my kid at midnight. I will pick up my kid at one, but they are not allowed to spend the night. I mean, I'm just going to say as somebody who got into plenty of mischief, like at two o'clock in the afternoon, like, I mean, 
if you can do it at two in the morning, you can do it at 2 p.m. My mom so. will tell you no good happens after midnight. She said it my whole life and she stands by it to this Nothing day. good ever happens after yeah. 2 a.m. It's true, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I There were times, though, where I was just sort of like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. The, I think the only times that I was kind of like, oh, we shouldn't do that is if, if there was bullying or something like that. Somebody was actively, you know, like... Why is there always a mean girl? Like why? And like every group of girls and you're like, what happens at your house? Like, how did you end up this way that you're like mean and manipulative and you're so young? No, it's really (laughs) true. At every slumber party, there is a girl out to either be mean to the other girls in the group or wants to be mean to a girl that's not at the party. Like, let's call them. Let's do some sort of light vandalism to their home. Let's do something to hurt this person. And, you know, it's really an issue today with social media. Yeah. In that article, The Dark Side of Teen Sleepovers, they say social media plus sleepover is a recipe for disaster. If I encourage one major sleepover rule, it's that there should be no access to social media. When social media gets involved, I often find that some types of meanness, either intentional or unintentional, ensues. I can see it happening. You get all these girls together on their phones. It all starts out fun. And then it becomes like a trolling situation or, oh, we're in this group. We're having all this fun without you. Right. Well, and I mean, I just think, I mean, think of what we managed to do with just three-way calling. Oh, yeah. Right. Like there was that horrible thing where like somebody would call you and they would secretly have another person on the other line. Yeah. And then they would like get you to talk about Mm -hmm. that other person without realizing they were on the other line. And then like, you know, you were like a social piranha and that was with, you know, pretty antiquated technology. So only (laughs) imagine with like Photoshop and. Oh God. I was going to say Facebook, but the youngins aren't on Facebook. (laughs) They are not TikTok. (laughs) Something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to consider other things like for the kids that have like security objects, you know, that makes sleepovers kind of complicated or like bedwetting or separation anxiety, homesickness. These are all things to consider. I remember spending the night at a girl's house in seventh grade. I didn't know her very well. Um, I was just starting to become friends with her and she had some of her friends over And I was very uncomfortable in that household. The girls were kind of mean. The mom was kind of mean, interestingly. I don't know. She decided to to host. She called her daughter a bitch right in front of all of us. And I was just, I was so shocked by that. And I was so uncomfortable. I called my mom to pick me up. I had decided it was no loss for me. I didn't need to be friends with them. I didn't care what they thought of me at that point that I wanted to leave. I just, just uncomfortable. And like the awkwardness, just in case you're young and you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, I'd call my mom too. Uh, You had to go to like either the girl or her parent and be like, can I use your phone to call my mom? Because you didn't have your own phone. I did. I called my mom and I told my mom, I don't feel good. That was what I said. Mm -hmm. I told the girls, I don't feel good. And my mom picked me up and she's like, what's wrong? You know, how are you sick? I'm like, I'm not sick. I don't want to be there. Yeah. But 
I think that we should play a little truth or truth because we can't really dare on the pod. We are very wired right now. We're very locked into our positions. Yeah. So I found in an article on teenvogue.com, the 89 best truth or dare questions and dares. We're going to focus on the truths because, you know can't really do the dares. That's what we do here at the Untitled Gen X podcast. We focus on the truth. Hard hitting journalism right here. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little bit tired. (laughs) And I've had some cocktails. She has had some cocktails and we sat in a spa. I had a really pretty purple cocktail with dinner. Oh, it was gorgeous. I posted it on social media. It was beautiful. And it's also a billion degrees here. So, you know, it's oh my gosh, a lot of sun. It is a billion degrees. I probably have mild sunstroke, to be honest. Yeah. I'm nursing a, a dehydration headache right now, but it's okay because I have a cocktail. So that'll work. Oh, good. Okay. So, Kate, who is the last person you creeped on social media? Uh, what are we counting as creeping? Like, like going back into the history and like really digging deep. I mean, probably like, I think the only people I ever creep on social media are like people who either are dating people I'm interested in or are dating people I used to date, but I'm no longer interested in, but I'm still interested in like knowing about the person they're dating. (laughs) Oh, so it's their significant others. Right. It's not the partner or former partner or potential partner. It's who they're with right now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So for me, <laughs> this is really creepy. I can admit it. Is it me? Have you have you been creeping on? I my haven't social media? been creeping on your social media. No. So there's this mom in my son's uh, travel team, and she has really good style. Like <laughs> really, like I'm crushing hard on her That's style. Fair. That's fair. So I creeped her social media because I want to see her clothes. And I want to see, I just want to see like her, her overall vibe. I want to see her. Yeah. It's sort of, it, it's a little girl crushy, but not really girl crushy. It's style crushy maybe. Yeah. 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 So I, I just did that recently. I don't really feel good about sharing that truth, but it is what it is. So. <laughs> I think okay. yours is better than mine. So yeah. Well. Okay. Where's the weirdest place you've ever gone to the bathroom? Oh. We actually talked about this today, oddly. Wait, we did? <laughs> no, we just talked about like difficult bathroom situations. Oh, I mean, I don't We could do a whole episode on that, but yeah. Like, I mean, I've had some, I, just so people know, like I lived in a space where like I could not, I didn't, I had to pee outside for like three months while I lived there. Oh yeah. I remember that. And my boyfriend at the time called me high maintenance because I got fed up with not having a toilet. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Katie, you're such a princess. I know. And I was like, what? We, we had a big fight over that one. I mean, I don't know how weird it is, but like, I, I did have to pee on the side of the road in New Mexico because I had to drive to New Mexico in the early part of COVID. And because of COVID, all of the rest stops, rest stops, all the bathrooms were closed. Like I kept, I would be like, I can make it to the next one. And like, I'd get there and the bathrooms were closed. And eventually like I couldn't, I tried really hard. I was like trying to get to the next town where there was a gas station. And I just was like, my bladder is going to explode. And so I literally, like there was a little bit of a turnout and I pulled off (laughs) 
and I peed. But thanks to having to pee outside for three months because I didn't have a toilet I could pee in, I'm really good at You're peeing. good at it. Yeah. So I, and I was like, I don't even care who sees. I like tried to block the view mm-hmm. with like the doors, but I was like, honestly, I just have to pee and I don't care. <sighs> Freaking COVID. Closed right. bathrooms and dressing rooms. Don't get me started. Okay. The weirdest place I've ever had to pee. Um, my dad, back in the early 80s, used to work on solar panels, really large ones, like out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And I went with him. Anyway, we found ourselves in like a locust storm. It was like really the stuff of oh, nightmares. It was the stuff of like certainly childhood was it nightmares. Like, it, it was horrible. And I had to pee. I was young. And I remember my dad having to carry me into a porta potty to go. And they were all up in the porta potty too. Right. It was really traumatizing. As long as I live, I'll never forget that. So it's like the porta potty itself, not so crazy. Uh the circumstances the surrounding yeah. it. Yeah, it was it was pretty god awful. So true story. I think I think this is true for both of us. It was certainly true for me. The first time I ever had to pee outside, I was with Lori. We were is this at, at camp. Camp. Camp Osito Rancho. Yes, we were <laughs> Girl, Girl Scout, Scout camp. camp. I think we had gone on a hike and we had to pee and we were like in the middle of nowhere and we went up to our counselor and we were like, we should go to the bathroom. And she was like, there's a bush. And we were like, we weren't exactly campers. Like that was like crazy. While I am very good at being outside now, I had no, I I peed like all over my boots. Oh God. Because I had like, I just didn't, I did not know the fine. Like, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, teach your daughters how to pee outside. Like, cause sons can do it without trying. Like it's a skill. It's, it's a skill. And it's really like, if you can quickly and discreetly pee outside, like the world is your oyster. <laughs> I'm just saying. It is true. Okay. What is one thing you would stand in line for an hour for? I mean, I feel like I stand in line for an hour for a lot of things. Well, um, now that question's not so like now right? you just have to wait for everything, like even Toilet to enter paper? the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, like that doesn't seem so crazy anymore. Yeah, like back in the day, like concert tickets. Oh, I remember that. Right. Like that's not even a thing anymore. Like, yeah. Like you'd be in line at like music plus. I will say this. I would wait in line for an hour for tickets to Hamilton. Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah. What would I wait in line for an hour for? Um, probably a bathroom. Like, honestly, oh my God, like, no way. If I had to wait an hour, like, no, like, haven't you? Okay, an hour's a really long time. I've been at plenty of places where I have had to wait in line for a bathroom for a ungodly amount of time. Have you ever just, we keep talking about where we go to the bathroom? Yeah, what's going on here? (laughs) Have, uh, Have you ever gone into the men's room to pee in those circumstances? Yes, I don't like to do it. It's awkward, but yes, I have done it. But like at concert venues and certain things where you really just can't do that, it's like I would do it at a bar. Oh no, I've done it. I've done it mostly at concerts, like at or Staples. Like would you like go in like the Staples Center and like? No, because I usually go to like these like small like yeah you know yeah. folky concerts. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I saw Ani DeFranco in wisconsin i we, I've, we like took over the men's bathroom like gotta go sorry we're like you're at an ani concert come on <laughs> <laughs> you don't care it's fine okay 
What's the longest time you've ever gone without showering? Well, I've gone to rainbow gatherings, right? So like, that's like being out in the woods for, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. And you don't shower for two weeks. You're camping in the woods. Maybe like if there's a good swimming hole, you might jump in and go swimming. Swimming hole. That sounds so old fashioned. You don't like find a way to like wash your important bits. Well, I mean, you can do like, uh, you know, old baby wipe kind of thing. Like we got wise at one point and we started to bring a solar shower with us. So Mm. you'd like let it heat up in the sun sun. and then Uh hang it from a tree branch. And I mean, which is for sure the weirdest place I've ever showered. If we want to talk about the weirdest places we've ever showered in the middle of the national forest, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty. And, and when you're done, you like stop at a truck stop and you take a shower and it's like the most amazing shower you've like <laughs> ever had. shower of my life. <laughs> it really is. You're it's like, luxury. Flying J, your showers are the best. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so funny. So the longest I've ever gone without showering was at Camp Osito Rancho, Girl Scout Camp. We took one shower together because this is the problem. So the older girls, we were young and we they're were, like, we were eight. Right. And like, and there were like 12 year olds there. Right. Mm -hmm. Which was like very old to us. And they would kick in the shower doors. So we would like, like Lori would shower and I would like guard the door and then I would shower. Traumatic. Where were our counselors? Come on. It was a girl's scout thing. Like what is happening? Like we took, I think one shower in like the week that we were there. It was not good. Your mom must've been horrified. Oh, she, she absolutely was. Okay. What is your favorite part of your body? My nose. You have a really good nose. I, I got the genetic jackpot there. Like I got the perfect blend of my mom and my dad's nose. I don't know. For some reason, I really like my nose. That's good. That's a good favorite body part. Nasal pride. <laughs> um, My favorite part of my body, I think just generally the way I'm shaped it's probably my waist, my stomach, because I'm very pear-shaped. So I'm pretty small on top and I'm big on the bottom, but the middle's pretty small. I'm built exactly like my mom. <laughs> you are built exactly I, like I like have the exact same body as my mom. I also feel like you have the exact same body as um, Charlotte. From- Sex in the City? <laughs> yes. Yeah, kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's a body shape made for bridesmaids' dresses. My friends tell me all the time that I should be a professional bridesmaid. Like, I look good in bridesmaid dresses. It's a very random thing to look good in, but okay, I'm here for the evening gown. Yeah. That's, that's, see, that's good. Yeah. So maybe that. Last question. All right. What is an instant deal breaker in a potential love interest? Okay. Hold on. Let me give you. I have two. So if you have two. Well, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day that like, as much as I'm like a feminist and as much as I'm like, whatever. And like, I don't care if a guy, like if a guy knits and like cries and like, whatever, I'm like, yes, like you are awesome and in touch with your feelings and sensitive. But if he cannot drive a stick shift, (laughs) you can't drive a standard transmission. Like I, I can't date you. Um, really like that's a, like, say he checked all the boxes, but I mean, that. no, like, would like teach I him. would teach him, but he yes. would need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, there is something like, like, I can't explain it. Like if I find out that like a guy can't drive a standard transmission, I'm just like, what? 
are you a man? And I, it's so stupid. It's so, it's, it's so, so dumb, especially because anymore, it's such a rarity. Well, except the people that I, I date know, are, like, you know, yeah. Kate dates boomers. <laughs> I do. No, that's no, not true. No, no, you date. I date like the, the end old, of yes. Gen X. Yeah. Like, like, like the beginning of Gen or the X. beginning, yeah, right? We're the end. I date. The yeah, beginning. she dates the beginning so, of Gen X. Yeah, I like. I I did date. I think he is a boomer. He was a boomer for sure. Yeah, I did date one boomer. Yeah, you did. He was a young boomer, but <laughs> okay. he's definitely a boomer. Yes. Um, Just like your parents. <laughs> yeah. So he was a young boomer, but like he had. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. It enough said. He, it, it's fine. Uh, now I hover around the 10 to 12 years older than me, Mark, instead of the 20 years older than me. So there you go. Yeah. But like, what's a like legitimate deal breaker? Oh, so you recognize that's not legitimate. No, it's terrible. It's okay. just a weird. All right. Okay. As long as you know, that's fine. It's a weird quirk that I have where it's, yeah. it, it's like, it's, it's disappointing to me when a man like tells You're me like, that he Aw. can't drive a stick shift. Aw. I'm like, Oh, oh, hmm. wow. <laughs> and it's so funny. It makes no sense. I don't know. You tell me your deal breakers and I'm going to think about it. Okay. I absolutely could not be with a smoker. It's a deal oh. breaker for me. 100%. Um, I just, I feel really strongly about that. And I also couldn't be with someone who has bad dental hygiene because teeth matter to me a great deal. So I'm not even saying like teeth have to be like perfectly straight or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Like you need to take care of your teeth because they are the only teeth you have. So they're important. Take care of them. See your dentist. Yes. And as my favorite aunt who is a dental hygienist will say, you don't have to floss all of your teeth. Just the ones you want to keep. Oh, her favorite joke. That one. That one cuts me to the core. Because I'm not flossing tonight. I'm skipping tonight. I'm way too oh, tired. Oh, I floss but... in the mornings. I floss this morning. Oh, smart. I, I yeah. I don't know what my deal. I mean, I don't want to date a smoker. Mm-hmm. Also, like a bad relationship with your ex, like an ex who's like mm. still making your life really difficult. Yeah, that's hard. I can't. I just can't. I'm sorry. That was a red flag for me on a dating site. If a guy is like, I don't do drama. I'm like, oh, oh, you do. Because I don't do drama and I don't feel the need to say that. Right. Um, If you're calling out the no drama. Right. Then like you are involved in some drama. And it's just I like I really have so little interest in drama that if if there's even like a hint of it, I'm like, I wish you well. So there you go. And like if there's drama and you can't drive a stick shift like that. No. <laughs> and you smoke. My right. God. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I do have to admit though, this is terrible. And it's very revealing of like the people I was hanging around with when I was coming of age, that there is something terribly like, I don't know what the right word is. If a guy has like alcohol and cigarettes on his breath, there's like part of me that's like, oh, hmm. because you know, like I was partying with people when I would like started. Oh, so it's an attractive quality. I don't like actively smoking, but there's something about like the mix of like just a hint of alcohol and like smoke on, on a man's breath that I'm like, Oh, cause it's just, it's like a weird, you know, it's like ingrained in my brain from when I was younger mm. and I used to do those things. Yeah. I don't anymore because smoking is bad for you. I really like the smell of old spice as long as we're talking about it. <laughs> 
I really do. I like it so much. I also like Old Spice. I do too. Yeah, I like it. I don't Except know. I can't date a man who wears Old Spice because my dad wore it a lot when I was younger. So it just Oh, maybe that's like why you like it. Dad to me. Jack Daniels smells like dad to me, but like that sounds really terrible. I have a good dad, a responsible dad, but it makes me think of my dad. He, he likes drank Jack. Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds wrong, but yeah. No. And also, uh, oh, what was the other thing that I was going to say? Oh, so some guy that I liked when I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 used to wear CK1. <laughs> Okay, I found an old bottle of CK1 that my husband had. It used to be clear, right? It was clear. It was a unisex fragrance that was clear. Yes. Right. Because the bottle was kind of frosted. It was but frosted. Like, yeah. I found the bottle. It was literally yellow. urine yellow. I pulled it out of the back of the, um, you know, under the sink. And I was like, okay, first of all, like 1994 called, they want their fragrance back. Secondly, <laughs> It was most certainly not pee. It was not yellow. You have to throw this away. No, right. Did He's you like, I didn't it? even know that was back there. I did not. I just threw it away. I posted a picture of it. It's on, it's in my Facebook memory somewhere. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but so this is the thing though, like someone near where I live, like, can you still buy CK one? Like, does it still know. exist? I don't because know. someone wears it. And when oh, I smell it. Tell? I'm like, like, because that person's face like pops into my head immediately when I smell it. Oh, it takes you back, doesn't it? And I'm just like, we all wore it. Right. Oh yeah. We all thought we were very cool. Also, um, Elizabeth Arden sunflowers. Oh, I never wore that, but I knew a lot of people who did. And oh, a lot of people who wore Clinique happy. I loved happy. I also used to wear exclamation. See, and this is where you can <laughs> see that like I was a hippie child because I wore you were like patchouli, white musk, patchouli, yeah, and sandalwood. And still to this day, like I I love patchouli, but like people have really strong feelings about it. So I don't wear patchouli mm-hmm. very often, but I have a small bottle of white musk perfume oil from the body shop. And I have a larger bottle of sandalwood perfume oil from the body shop. Mm -hmm. And I think that they will last me until I die because like it's very concentrated. Like the white musk, if you put like a dot of it on you, like it's very strong. And so I like, I think they will outlive me. Yeah, they might. In high school, like I lived and died by cucumber melon. That scent. Is that Bath and Body Works? Bath and Body Works. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt very superior that I preferred the body shop. <laughs> Such an elitist. I swear to God. Right? I like, yes. I'm, like, I'm so much cooler. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I still kind of think that. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Like at all. Do you have any slumber parties now as you're an adult? Is this a regular thing that you do with girlfriends now? Now, if I have slumber parties, like. It's like one-on-one slumber parties, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but they are still fun and like comforting. And now we like, now I like sleep in the guest bed or, you know I mean? I so, mean, yeah, like seriously gone are the no days more. of a sleeping bag on the floor. Like our backs right. can't handle it. But yeah, I, I get to do that periodically with my girlfriends. Right. I mean, it's fun to like have some adult beverages and just like hang out and snack and then be like, we're going to go to bed and then you go get breakfast in the morning. Yeah. And yeah, I, I find with the adult sleepovers, they're so obviously different, but like the conversation gets real deep. 
It gets real serious. Someone ends up crying, but like in a good therapeutic way. And then everyone rallies and builds each other up so much over the course of an evening. You know, it's like there's laughing, there's crying, there's, you know, it's just a whole range of female emotion together and in, in your sisterhood and your pajamas. It's really lovely. I, I love the adult sleepover. I don't get to do it that often. I get to do it periodically, but I love it. Yeah. It's a fun childhood tradition to continue when you can as an right. adult. I mean, obviously it evolves. Nobody's playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. I mean, we're not going to do oh, you're that. Not? Oh, is that is that what's on the agenda for tonight, <laughs> Katie? Board. But I, you know what? I do read people's tarot cards sometimes. Oh, uh, see, so so we, we continue it. We've just like upgraded it a little Did bit. Did you bring the tarot cards to Palm Springs? You know, I wanted to, and I just ran out of room in my. Oh yeah, you brought a carry on. Yeah, I was very insistent. Direct flight, carry on only. Maybe you can read my tarot cards in a podcast episode going forward. Maybe. Thanks so much for joining our sleepover. Remember to rate and subscribe if you like what you hear. You can find us on the web at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com. We're also pretty social on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye.